Galit Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. I am sitting here with the Chuck Maldonado. Really excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine all the things that you had to like push aside to be here today, but it's really, really, really an honor. I'm completely humbled, and I can't believe that I get to have someone that I look up to so much here. I know you from teaching. I remember seeing your name on a flyer when I was living in New York, Mm-hmm. And like I just knew like you're you're just like a name that was there, you know And I came to LA and I kept on seeing that name and then I came to class one day I even remember where I stood in class Wow. I was so scared you were co-teaching with someone you had someone like that day special okay. And I was like, oh man, I didn't get it today, but I'm gonna get it one day. I'm gonna keep up <laughs> So and you're, you're incredible. You're so warm. Thank you. Thank you. And I remember from the first day, I remember the first time you came too. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, so let me just say thank you for being such a loyal student and always oh. being there and working so hard. Thank you. And I saw the growth. I saw you from the beginning until now who you are today and you have come a long way young thank lady thank you that oh. you should be proud of yourself thank you that means the freaking world coming yeah. from you yeah i'm sure everyone has heard your name but i always like to add a little bit on credits so you've worked on over 28 feature films correct oh my goodness hundreds of tv shows mm-hmm. wow <laughs> and choreographer to the stars that's right. I've worked with a lot of celebrity and artists as well. You know, I always feel that, you know, I, from a very early age, I knew what my purpose in life was. And we go through different levels and stages in our lives. And though I was, you know, prior to this, I was in corporate America. What? Yeah, I worked for American Express. And then from American Express, I moved on to becoming a high school teacher. And so I was a high school teacher for a few years, and then I listened to my next whisper, which was my next level, which was to become a dancer. So, you know, yeah, I've done the whole thing, undergrad, I have a master's in education, I have undergrad degree in marketing management, I was, you know, I did all that, and, and then later on in life, I decided that, okay, before I get any older, I'm gonna listen to this very last whisper. And that whisper was when Lisa left, I Lopez from TLC came to me and said, you should really think about being a dancer because you're great at it and I just took a leap of faith and became that dancer well okay so how did you first get into dancing mm-hmm. and then how did that connection happen to being professional okay so I came from Atlanta Georgia by the way mm-hmm. so when I was teaching in C- at Cedar Grove High School in DeKalb County School Systems mm-hmm. I used to put on an annual show and it was a show that I choreographed myself with the students. Wow. And that particular year, one of the students was very close to Lisa Lefty Lopez. They invited her to come to my show. Lisa was out in the audience watching the show, and she was just blown away by the kids and their performance level. So she went up to the principal and said, who choreographed that show for the kids? You know, is there like some kind of performing arts program here. She said, no, there isn't just a teacher by the name of Mr. Maldonado 
you know, took it upon himself to create this annual show. She says, I want to talk to him. So the principal brought Lisa left that. This was during Crazy Sexy Cool album, so that was like their biggest no album. Scrubs. Yes. No, no, after, no, no. before. Ch- waterfalls. Yes, waterfalls. Oh yeah, before. Waterfalls. Before, before that one. Uh. And I heard the principal say, hey, Mr. Maldonado, somebody wants to meet you. And I said, okay, hold on for a second, because I was dealing with the kids. I turned around, and I saw Lisa, or left eye, as we all know her, and I was like, oh, you know, I, <laughs> I gagged for a second. And then she says, and with her little squeaky voice, she says, hi, my name is Lisa. And I said, oh, I know who you are. I said, my name is Chuck Maldonado. She said, I just want to tell you that the kids did a great job, and I'm here to tell you that your purpose in life should be a dancer choreographer and um and that was it and that was that was that that was the one voice i heard it loud and clear and fast forward she contacted me and told me she was creating a new group called black spelled Mm b-l-a-q-u-a-b i remember them yes right and their first single was boom like an 808 and which was written by r kelly and um, anyway, so she calls me literally a year later and says, my group just got signed to Columbia Records and I would like for you to be the choreographer for the group. And I said, are you serious? She said, yeah, I'm serious, for real. And um, the rest is history. I quit my job as a teacher. I put my two-week notice and I started working with Left Eye. I started working with the group Black. And not only was I their choreographer, I also was a dancer for them. And because the girls, a couple of them were under the age of 18, I was also their high school tutor. So I went from making a certain amount of money, like 35000 a year as a teacher, because you know most teachers don't make a lot of money, to making six figures all in just one phone call. It was amazing. I need that to marinate for a second. I didn't expect that because I didn't know that that story exists. Like, yeah. Wow. And then and you had gone, you said, from corporate America into teaching. So you'd already had one transition. That's right. I already had one transition. I used to work, I was a marketing manager for American Express because my undergrad degree is in marketing management. Mm. And then I did corporate America for a little while and I didn't really like it. So I went back to school, got my master's in education, and then I taught business law the first year in high school <laughs> and then the second and third year I spoke I mean I taught Spanish one and two because I'm bilingual as well so I taught Spanish one and two and then from there that's when I transitioned to becoming um, I mean going from corporate America to becoming a teacher and then from a teacher when I left that to becoming a dancer what skills I'm blown away. I'm like, I can't even play cool. What skills from that, from the teaching, from corporate America, from your degrees, do you feel have funneled into your current path as a choreographer, as a dancer? Do you find that it helped you or prepared you? Oh, absolutely. First of all, all of my past experiences had led me to this, to today. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons, okay, my business degree, you know, it just taught me how to brand myself and be a better businessman. So now I own my own company, Chuck Baldon Entertainment. You know, I have my own dance convention now, Elements Dance Convention. Right. I'm a creative director. Now I'm getting into producing and just directing. So all of that business background led me to that. Mm-hmm. As far as teaching, it taught me how to teach. And now I can teach dancers because I understand now 
the different ways that people learn. Some people are visual, some people need counts, some people need rhythms, some people, I mean, everyone learns differently. So my teaching experience as a teacher helped me to become a choreographer and understand that, okay, so when I go into a space, meaning a rehearsal space, I look at it as, okay, this is the classroom. I'm the teacher, these are my students, this is what we're learning today. And that's how it helped me. That's beautiful. Yeah. So how many years have you been in LA for? I've been in LA for now 15 years, mm -hmm. and I've been in the industry for exactly 20 years. This is my 20th anniversary since 1996. Congrats. Thank you. My first job was choreographing the 1996 Olympic Games in Atlanta, opening and closing ceremonies. So that was my first, 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 first job. How did you get that? I hate when people ask that, like it can feel rude, but I No, 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 it's not rude at all mm -hmm. because, you know, I mean, this. I, I want to be able to inspire people yeah. and motivate them and bring them to their purpose because all of us are born for a reason. And they have to understand that, you know, we all have a purpose that we're not here by accident. And the only way you're going to find out is by listening to other people's story. And hopefully this will inspire, motivate someone to take a leap of faith into their purpose. Mm -hmm. So how did I get the job as a choreographer for the 1996 Olympic mm -hmm. Games? I was a high school teacher still at that time. And they had an audition for steppers because they wanted to bring in 400 steppers for the opening ceremonies. Kenny Ortega was the creative director and choreographer of the Olympic Games. So I auditioned. I wanted to audition with my fraternity brothers, but at the time they were busy, they, they couldn't make it. So I went on my own and I decided to audition as a stepper by myself. Now mind you, all of the other teams were coming in with 20 and 30 and 40 steppers and you know, I had these big, huge groups. So I didn't know who Kenny Ortega was. Of course, I didn't know anything about the industry because I was a high school teacher. I just went in there and hoped that I could, this could be my summer job, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm off during the summer. Came in with my cane. It just happened to be that I, that I stepped to one of Michael Jackson's songs, not knowing that Kenny Ortega is Michael Jackson's creative director at the time. So, so you see how God works. <laughs> yeah. And I stepped. When I stopped my performance, it was like three-minute performance. He said, little boy, what is your name? And I said, my name is uh, Chuck. He says, Chuck, do you have a last name? <laughs> and I say, oh, my name is Chuck Maldonado. He said, come over here and write your name and your phone number right here. So I walked to the desk. I wrote my name. I wrote my phone number. He said, okay, thank you for coming. So I said, oh, well, thank you for having me. And I left. Didn't think nothing about it. Two weeks later, I get a phone call. I didn't pick up because I didn't know what it was. You know, I didn't recognize the number. And it was Kenny Ortega. He says, Hi, Chuck Maldonado, this is Kenny Ortega from Los Angeles. I wanted to know if you would want to be one of the choreographers for the opening ceremonies of the Olympic Games because I need a step choreographer. And I just went ballistic. I called him back and I accepted <laughs> kindly and that's how I got my job. How did you deal with nerves? Or do you not get nervous? Like, I didn't get nervous. Oh, well, wow. I wasn't no I wasn't I wasn't nervous. Wow. I don't know, for some reason when Whenever you're living in your purpose and when you feel that it's right, it's the right thing, you don't really get as nervous as you. I mean, you get a little nervous because of the fact that you care, mm -hmm. but you don't get nervous to the point that you mess up or you're afraid. Or, and when you don't know who he is or what he's done, yeah. that made it a lot better for me too. Because had I known maybe V was Michael Jackson's creative director, I might have been a little bit more nervous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But. <laughs> 
That's incredible. Yeah. Do you mind me asking how old you were around the time that you started working with Black and when you started entering the industry for those dancers who right. maybe start a bit? I used to be ashamed of telling my mm -hmm. age and so on, but I started very late in my career. As you notice, I, I did the whole college, graduate school, teaching, you know, corporate America. So I was 29, going to be 30 when I started so working with Black. Now, mind you, I started when I was pretty much so 30, and I'm celebrating 20 years in the industry, so 30 plus 20 Shut equals up. 50. That's how Congratulations. Thank you. It's so inspiring because you, I never heard of upper 20s like doing it, mm -hmm. and it's not like, how do I put it? Like You did it, and you're doing it, and it's in perfect timing. So I can only imagine, I'm right now really, really inspired, and I can only imagine for other people who are, I remember dancing at 13, being in class, just feeling like, oh man, you, I always felt like I was over some hill, mm -hmm. and I think it's just this mental thing that's put in our mind, but we right. just, we're all, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And what training did you have to backtrack again, leading up to you teaching dance? Because I see some jazz in there. You have hip-hop, stepping. What That's was right. your training like? When I, I auditioned for the Atlanta Hawks dance team mm -hmm. in 1997. At that particular year, I met this choreographer by the name of Jimmy Locust. He danced with Janet. You know, oh, he's awesome. in like Rhythm Nation and all the videos from back then okay. at that time. And he, he's a very technical dancer. Mm -hmm. And the Atlanta Hawks dance team was a very technical dance team. So every day was on the bar. So that's when I started getting my jazz and my ballet. So he used to come up to me and say, okay, you made the team, because I had made the team. He said, and, it, and that was one of only three boys that made the team, because it was like 16 girls and three boys. That's always like maybe 19 of us. He said, you know, you're going to have to have to start taking more technical um, and training. You have to train technically. And that's when I started taking modern, jazz, like Graham, ballet, Horton. I started, I Horton. yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I started taking all of that, and I started becoming a stronger technical dancer. And I knew that because I was already 29 and 30, and these people were taking, so there were three and five, that I had to move a lot faster. So I was taking three to five classes a day, every single day. I was very committed. Um, I understood that, you know, um, time was not on my side, and I knew that I needed to move quicker. And that's what I was doing, is training nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. I was on that ballet bar every single day. Wow. Yeah. I love hearing that. Oh. <laughs> it's like in movies, you know, when the person finds their purpose and then yeah. they have the training montage. Oh, yeah. That just lights my fire. I love it. So when you first came out to L.A., what was your experience like? How was it different from how it is now? It was very different than now. Then you literally had to get out of your house and get into the classes, train, meet choreographers, go to these parties, go to these industry events in order to meet choreographers. Nowadays with social media, people can go online or they can go into the social media and start putting stuff out mm -hmm. and being noticed. That, in other words, then we needed permission. And, and, and when I say permission, I mean I had to go and ask for permission in order to work with someone or I had to audition for them as opposed to now people can create whatever they want to not ask for permission I don't need your permission for me to create a concept video a video of any kind and I can submit it to anyone back then we didn't do that 
Um, so my steps back then was pretty much so every day I was in class. Again, as soon as I got here, I was in class heavily. I was trying to meet every single choreographer. At that time, a lot of choreographers worked like, you know, Brian Freeman was teaching. Uh, so a lot of the working people were actually teaching then. So that's a little bit different. Now a lot of working choreographers don't teach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit harder to be in their space. Again, you know, the, the difference is pretty much so to me. I mean, the, the, the grind is still the same. Mm-hmm. The only difference is, is that, you know, with social media, I think things have, have made a big difference, you know, in, in our industry here. For me, it, for me personally, it has because now people are looking at how many follows do I have and, you know, uh, how many YouTube videos that I put up. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't have time to put up videos because I'm, you know, I'm working in the yeah. industry. So it's a little bit harder, but for a dancer now, you know, they can put up a video, they can send it to me, not even know me, and say, hey, this is who I am. I know that you're doing a movie about, I don't know, let's say with African movements. I'm an African choreographer. Look at my stuff and I can look at it like a, like the person and, and hire them. Wow. When somebody meets you, what do you like what's a good way for them to present themselves or there's this big thing around networking a lot of people are scared of it or they don't want to come off the wrong way what do you think is a good way in person for someone to network just be you just be just be genuine because i'm a very approachable and easy person to deal with Mm -hmm. so you don't have to act or, or, or be anyone different than yourself and i think that i would appreciate that a lot better you know i can always tell when someone is fake Mm -hmm. so for me just come up introduce yourself tell me your name and um and whatever questions you have just ask me whether it be about agency whether about it be about class or what do i need to work on or can you look at me next time or you know do you have any opportunities coming up you know i don't mind answering those questions that's wonderful yeah and what are the don'ts or like the things that have gone awry when you try too hard to Mm -hmm. impress me you don't have to impress me. You know, your dance and everything will speak for itself. You don't have to go out of your way. You know, a lot of, I've met people where they're like literally in the hallways dancing and flipping and you're just doing a little bit too much. You don't have to do all that for me. Mm. Like, I'm just like, you could just come. Like, you, I'd rather you just chill and sit down and have tea and coffee with me <laughs> and then for you to be flipping around and show me you could do 15 period of what I don't care. Yeah, that sounds like it could be a little bit awkward. Yeah, it's a little awkward, <laughs> believe me. I've gotten those people. Oh, I wish yeah. I could be a fly on the wall, although once in a while I am. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Darrell, I interviewed him, and he was saying how like he'll be just going out, minding his own business, and someone who's like full out freestyling. They weren't dancing before, but right in front of him, oh, yeah. like the fullest out, and he's like, uh, I don't know what to do with this. Oh, there's people that want to challenge you. They want to like battle you yeah and I'm like don't battle me battle my resume <laughs> wait I need that to be a quote I need a I'm gonna put that up as a quote recommendations for online networking although you already touched on it if somebody you know maybe they don't get to meet you in person and they they want you to take a look at something yeah. or in, in general for choreographers because I think dancers and choreographers that are newer are figuring out you know, how to reach out online sometimes. Yeah, I mean, of course you can always reach me. Uh, my Twitter and my Facebook, everything is under Chuck Maldonado. I pretty much have a brand that's like, you know, you can pretty much go Google the name Chuck Maldonado. It's the only one that, I'm the only one that comes up. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. 
But another way is I teach at Debbie Reynolds. Every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Yeah, Tuesday, 6 p.m. And that's the best way because I get to see you in person. Mm -hmm. And then you can really ask questions. You can really submit stuff to me. You can give me DVDs. You can, you know, tell me what, you know, what, what it is that you want to fulfill in life. And I can give you advice. You know, I'll, I, I don't mind. I do, I do that every Tuesday anyway. <laughs> I, I promise you, someone always comes up to me and say, look... I have a question for you. And I'm like, okay. And I listen. You do. Yeah, and I sit there and I, and I answer it the best that I can. And I try to help them out as much as I can. I remember you being really helpful with headshots mm -hmm. and also agency. And you, like, you said it also really nice. You were like, well, this right here doesn't look that professional. There was like a, a beam of light on my headshot. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, and then I got to fix it. That's right. So. Yeah. What keeps you dancing, a teaching dance every Tuesday, 6 p.m. at Debbie Reynolds? It's been, a, you know, quite it's, a while, a lot of teachers come and go, but you stay. Right, I stay. I've been doing it now for 13 years at Debbie Reynolds. I was one of the, I was the first set of teachers that came to Debbie Reynolds wow. when they opened up as a studio, meaning a dance educational studio. The reason why I do it is because it keeps me relevant, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, I learn from other people because I think that, I mean, I'm always learning. I get to see young people do what's, what's new, what's going on. I get to see other classes. I get to work with assistants mm -hmm. that are way younger than I am that say, hey, no, that's dated Chuck, do this. Or, you know, <laughs> work on this. What do you think about that? And also because I get to have a, a library of choreography that I can have so that when I do have a job and I can just go back and kind of like look at some of the classes, some of the things that I could kind of like be inspired by my own stuff. Mm -hmm. And it helped, believe me, it helps me a lot because sometimes I'm sitting there about to do a movie or whether it be a commercial or a video, I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? And then, because sometimes, I'm, I'm going to be honest, but I think all choreographers, I can speak for almost everybody, sometimes we feel like we may not be enough. Mm. Are we good enough? You know, I always say to myself, am I worthy enough? Am I good enough? Am I supposed to be here? And, and then the answer is yes, because A, I got the job. Two, because I'm here and because I'm alive and I'm breathing, then I know that I'm good enough. So once I get over that part, then I'm, I'm, I'm going into another fade in my life, in, in that transition or in that, in that little job thing. It's kind of like, what am I going to do? What's going to look amazing? What kind of style? They didn't say. They just said, whatever you want to do. It could be whatever. So I go back to my classes, go through my videos, and I get inspired. I was like, okay, you know what? I want to do this kind of style. I want to do this kind of choreography. And then that helps me. That's sweet. Yeah, it really does. It, it, it's, it's amazing. You know, some people go to YouTube for inspiration. Well, I go to my classes for my inspiration. <laughs> that's that's really nice also, and it's like, that's you. Like, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. sure you pull inspiration from other places. That's right. But, like, that's also you. You're not, you know, it's that's being right. true to yourself as a source. Yeah. How do you choose your assistants? It's so funny. I feel like they choose me. Like, in other words, I don't choose them. They come up to, a lot of them come up to me and ask me if they can assist me. And sometimes I can't say no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's. Let's try it, mm -hmm. you know, and if I don't like it, then I'll just have to be honest and say, you know, it didn't work. But, and then I usually try them, not assist, for jobs, I'm a little bit more pickier. Mm -hmm. For class, I'm a little bit more open. 
and I allow you know every now and one or two whatever to come in my space and we um we create and I see how they work and how we vibe together and how and I'm very big on energy so energy is very important to me so I see what kind of energy they have how does it you know blend with my energy you know because when I'm very focused I'm just when I know what I want that's it you know I guess this is what I want but I don't see that then I'm I, I'm pretty like no mm-hmm. I cut everything like no I'm not doing that no I hate that no I don't want that I'm like that but um yeah so for that for classes now when it comes to my jobs it really depends on what style they ask me to do sometimes it's more jazz then I have to bring in a jazz you know assistant someone who is stronger in jazz if it's stepping then I you know I usually bring people who are very strong in stepping um, if it's hip hop you know someone who I maybe admire as an assistant as a hip-hop dancer or someone who's assisted or done other things that I like, I bring them. If it's a co-job, like meaning co-choreography, mm-hmm. then some of my favorite choreographers that I like working with, that I've worked with in the past, you know, that are working in the street choreographers today, you know, it could be someone like a Richard Tone or it can be like uh, Akamont or it could be, you know, those are the people that I like working with and uh, Don Draco Johnson, you know, whoever, you know, I bring them in and I just start to do cold choreography. Yeah. Fun. Uh-huh. What do you like out of your assistance on jobs and like what doesn't work? Because I think that assist assisting choreography it's something that's spoken about or I hear less about and it's a serious job. Yeah it is. I require I mean for me I require a lot for my assistance mm-hmm. because if I'm not there for, for you know whether because I'm at, at a production meeting or something like that then they're gonna to have to be able to carry on the job. They're gonna to have to be really good at memorization. In other words, memorizing all that choreography. Mm-hmm. That's number one. I, I love assistants that are very diverse dancers, that are not just uh, one-trick ponies. In other words, if you the more styles you can do, the better you are for me, and the, probably the most you would work. You'll probably work with me a lot more because then I can use you for many other jobs, other jobs as well. I like assistants that are strong but still kind. To, to my dancers, you know, I don't want, you know, the um, dancers come back and say that your assistant was this or a hole or, or so on. You know, I believe in respecting people if you want to get respect. And people who work very hard. And I've been really blessed because I've been blessed with very talented assistants and also really good people. Mm. Yeah, so they've become my friends. Yeah, using my assistants are my friends. They're not just somebody that I just use for a job and I never invite them over to my house. If they assisted me, they'd probably been over my house. Like that? Yeah. I think it speaks to like the how human the dance world is. Yeah. And we're artists and we're doing what we love and like it's not just a robotic anything. That's right. Is there anything you wish you knew before pursuing dance in LA professionally? Wow, there's a, oh, there's a, that, that's a good question. It's a, and it's hard to answer that question because I want to say that, you know, everything, my process was supposed to be the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, was, I was supposed to not know that and learn. But I wish somebody would have told me that it was so damn hard <laughs> to, <laughs> to, right? to just to connect with people and that, you know, that the best dancers don't get the jobs. That it's all about networking and meeting people and, you know, and who are, who are you friends with and... You know, so a lot of dancers that leave, leave the, the auditions and say, oh my God, I was better than them. I don't understand why they got it and I didn't. 
don't t- you can't take it personal. That's number mm-hmm. one, because we already know that the best dancers don't get it. Because I, uh, my really good friend Draco told me this: one thing you can never do is outdance someone's relationship. Meaning, if me and Galit are best friends, and you're coming to my audition, but here comes a super dope dancer, and they're dancing circles around you, but you're my friend first, guess who I'm gonna hire? You, because we, we established that relationship. That's why relationships are very important, okay? Now, mind you, usually my friends are really dope, and they're diverse, and most of them take my classes, so they know my style. So even if this other person that I've never met before can do it just as well as you, if not better, it doesn't matter, because I'm gonna put you in, all di- uh, in rehearsal anyway. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna be amazing anyway. Everyone's gonna look the same. So it doesn't matter if you think about it. So, you know, just, just I don't want anyone to misinterpret what I said. I'm not picking just my friends and they suck or they're <laughs> horrible. Yeah. You know, I'm picking still people that are talented. You still have to be talented. You know, and um, most of my, I'm going to say all of my friends are very talented like that. I've been really blessed. So, Because I, I know that from the, I haven't really auditioned in a while, so I can't right. speak to how it is now. But I remember for people always were like, they just choose them about any choreographer because oh, yeah. it's, it's their friends. Like, why do I even audition? So you elaborated on it really well. But what would you say to that dancer that's like, you know, what, why do you even audition, blah, blah, blah. Find out, okay, if it's, especially if it's a choreographer you want to work with, find out if they teach, and if they do, take their class. There's so many people that complain, that complain and complain, but do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So easy to complain. All you have to do is find out if those people teach. Okay, if they don't teach, find out if they're going to be at Choreographer's Carnival, or find out if there's a space or a place where there's an event that that choreographer is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then go, introduce yourself, and start to become friends. And again, you don't have to be buddy buddies and hang out and go to their house, but at least they know who you are. You have to be in their space. Yeah. So they get to know you. Because one of the things that I've noticed about choreographers, they feel, they, um, they love hiring people that they're comfortable with. You know, if I know that you and, you and I have a great time together, and we go out to eat, and we just have fun, and I just love you as a person, why would I want to hire you for a movie set when the movie set is going to be three months? I have to like you for three months. I don't want to pretend that I like you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I have to like you. So make yourself like, well, be a good person. It'll show. You know, people will see and, 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 and see that you're either fake or, or not. And, and then um, just, again, just try to go out there and meet as many choreographers as possible. Go to as many events as you can. Wherever they're going to be, if you find out, especially because this is the part that I don't understand. When some of these choreographers teach, you don't take the class. Go. I'm one of those choreographers that have been teaching for 13 years here in L.A. But there are still people that come up to me and I've never seen them in my class and still say, man, I want to work with you one day. I don't know them from a can of paint. And I'm like, oh, okay, so what is your name? And they tell me that because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be nice. What is your name? That, you know, I introduce myself. I introduced and we talked for a little bit. And fast forward, I said, well, you know what? You should come out next week. Because I, like I like to see how you dance. Never make it. And, and I'm not saying that you have to buy, you know, a month pass and come to my class every week. But if I ask you to come one day 
It's one hour. One hour. <laughs> this is your purpose. This is your career. And you only have to pay. How much does the class cost now, Debbie Reynolds? I don't uh, even know. 13, no, not even. I think it's 12. I think they raised it $1 from 11 to 12. I could be wrong. $12. I mean, that is a meal. That's all. If you can sacrifice one little meal, that's all it takes. Mm -hmm. It's called sacrifice. You can sacrifice that. I don't even think that's sacrifice. You know, it's, it's, it's almost mandatory. You need to be in those classes anyway. Yeah. So it's, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. But anyway. <laughs> Did you ever almost move back? Never. Never. I never almost moved back. I never thought about it. I have a, I had a very clear understanding of what my purpose was. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was born to do this. It felt good. So I never, ever, ever thought about moving back, ever. If anything, I was moving forward. And my forward is, you know, going from dancing to choreography and now producing and directing, but still staying in the same space of entertainment. Mm. What's it like from your perspective to see the turnaround of dancers in L.A. who come here to pursue a dream and ultimately leave? I heard that the average is three months. I could be wrong, but, yeah. you know, we see a lot of people come and go, so. I don't know the statistics, but I do know that a lot of people come out here with a dream, mm -hmm. but they don't come prepared. And I think that's where a lot of dancers are lacking. And there's a lot of people that wind up moving back to their home. Or they wind up staying here making this their home. They wind up working at a restaurant or finding another job. Like at McDonald's or something. And I don't understand. I'm like, well, isn't there a McDonald's back in the East Coast? You could have worked at McDonald's back then. Back there. You know? So... I don't know what the statistics is exactly. How many people come in and leave and go. But I know that it's higher than what we think. It's very hard because once they come out here, reality sets in, and now now you have a place. Now you have to now you have to work, and now the jobs are not coming in. And you thought it was going to be easy to just go into an audition and audition and get a job and make money. You know now this Hollywood dream that you had is diminishing, and your funds are depleting, and now you don't know what to do. What I have to say to those people is to not to give up. If, the, if you feel in your heart that you was born to do this, understand that we all went through it. Each and every, you're not the only one. We all cried. We all had less than enough. We all had to struggle. But just understand that that's only temporary. And before you know it, you will, will succeed as long as you don't, as long as you don't give up. Mm. And that's what I have to tell. Don't give up. Keep going. If you, especially if this is what you feel in your heart. All you have to do is have this much faith, very little faith, and then all you have to do is believe. You ask, you believe, and you wait, and it'll come. I'm telling you. It will. Um, what would you recommend in the arena of, very touched, <laughs> in the arena of preparation for coming to L.A.? So how can a dancer prepare? Okay, first of all, let me tell you, dancers that are coming in from out of town and out of state, save up as much money as possible. Because it's going to take you anywhere between six months to a year to book a job where you feel comfortable. So if you can have at least eight months of rent and living expenses, that's the first thing you should have. Second thing you should do is as soon as you get here, get a professional Hollywood photo shoot. I don't care where you're from. I don't care how good you think your pictures are. They're never as good as L.A. pictures. 
Plus, you need some advice from some agents. Agents need to tell you what kind of pictures to take, what kind of photographers to use. There's all different types of photographers, just like there's all different types of doctors. If you have a heart problem, you're not going to go to a foot doctor for a heart surgery. Yeah. So why do you go to, to a bar mitzvah photographer for an L.A. Hollywood Don't photo shoot? Chuck is not so specific. Because, you have, because some of these people say, oh, my uncle took these pictures. Oh, this person, person yeah. does anniversaries and weddings. Really? <laughs> what about actors and dancers and choreographers? Do they have they ever photographed those type of people? Yeah. So you need a good photo shoot. The next thing that you need to do is you need to start um, uh, interviewing and finding out about auditions for agencies. You need an agent. I don't care who you are. You need an agent because they have the resources that you're going to need in order to get those auditions. And once you have all that, you have your money straight, you have a place to stay on your own, don't be sleeping on somebody's couch, and now you have your pictures, you have your agent, start training when you get here. Start taking as many classes as you can, all different styles, and go to those auditions once your agency sends you out. What's your view on side jobs when someone's out here? Like Other than dance? Yeah. If you have to get a side job, I, I never believed in a B plan. Mm. It takes me away from my A plan. You know, Will Smith said it best. He says, I don't have a B plan because my A plan has to, has to happen. It's just mm -hmm. going to happen. So what happens is when people start to, okay, whatever you put your energy into is what you're going to manifest into your life. For example, if I come out here to dance, but now I am a manager at a hotel, the more I manage that hotel, the more hours I'm going to get the further away I'm going to get away from my purpose. So, I don't believe in a B plan. But, if you have to have a B plan, at least have a B plan within the entertainment industry. Go to an extras casting agency where you can do extra work for commercials or maybe TV shows or whatever. Uh, maybe you can assist a director. Maybe you can assist a choreographer. Or maybe you can work at a dance studio, you know, where you can take classes for free. And you can meet other choreographers and other dancers. So keep it within your same entertainment industry. Make money that way if you can. And hopefully, you know, that'll help you propel to your next level in life. It's so nice to hear a concise response to this because it's a huge question that people have. Mm -hmm. Who are some of the choreographers and dancers who have influenced you the most? Oh, uh, there's quite a few that did. Kenny Ortega. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Locus. Of course, these are the old school net brothers here. I love it. Jamie King mm -hmm. for his business. And I mean, I think that he is an amazing creative director. And of course, Rich and Tone, mm -hmm. Akamond. I love AJ. Is there, we'll call him AJ, but Akamond is Akamond. Jones is his real name. Amazing. Those are some of my favorite. Of course, Fatima Robinson. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you why Fatima... I mean, Fatima used to hire me for all her jobs and everything. You know, I was, one of, I was a Fatima boy. But Fatima, she is someone who has stayed relevant for so many years. To me, she, she's got it down pat. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> I always wondered, did she ever have a downtime? But from the looks of it, because we both are represented by the same agency, mm -hmm. that girl gets job after job after job. She's been in this industry, I don't know how long, 30 years. I don't even know, at least 25, 30 years. If I've been in for 20, she's been in for at least 25, 30. Mm -hmm. And she is nonstop work. And I admire her drive, her business. I mean, just everything about her. 
she's just, she's amazing to me. Yeah, she's. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's. <laughs> yeah, if I can have, if I can continue, if I can, I can use her as my example. Like, mm-hmm. to, if I can get like, to her level, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> when did I believe in it? I so believe in it. Uh-huh. And I so believe in yeah, it. Yeah. 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 How did you know it was kind of your time to transition into? Because you did choreograph as you were dancing, but when did you know it was time to really? keep that choreography hat on over dancing yeah it's a feeling you you ever feel like you're in that gray space where you don't know what what's going on you know what happens okay mm-hmm. so this is what happens a lot of times and people don't realize this okay so I'm dancing and dancing and dancing and all of a sudden you know I dip and dab in the choreography and I love it now God allows me to do both but there's going to come a time where those dance jobs start to diminish. Because what happens again, now my time is being split between dance and choreography. So, of course they start to, one of them gets to suffer. And in my my particular situation, dance starts suffering because I started saying no to dance jobs because I was starting to assist and choreograph. So what I did was, uh, what happens is that eventually God puts you up against the wall. It's kind of like, I had no choice. And I, and, and I felt it anyway, and, and I just transitioned, and then from that transition to that feeling, I said, okay, from here on, because I'm feeling a certain way, I'm going to decline every single dance job that comes to me, no matter what it is. Now, I remember Hi-Hat calling me and telling me that she wanted me to go on tour. I forgot what artist it was. It might have been Eve. I, I can't remember. And I remember telling her, and it was a three-month job, on tour. And I said, no. And she said, no, why not? She said, I said, because I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, Hyatt, I wanna be the next Hi-Hat. I wanna be the next choreographer. I wanna be me. I wanna be able to do what you're doing. And if I continue to accept these jobs, I'm never going to get to that next level. And that was, that was the first time that I said no to a job and the very first choreographer that called me and I told no to. And from there, I knew that I had to make it happen now. I had no choice but to make it happen. And then, and shortly after that, that's when I get a phone call for the movie Stomp the Yard. And that's how I got my job at Stomp the Yard. The producer, Will Packer, called me personally and interviewed me. And from there, I never had to look back. I knew it. See, had I said yes yeah. to the tour, I wouldn't be here in L.A. to say yes to the movie Stomp the Yard. Did you even have a moment when you were saying no to the tour that you were like, am I tripping or like, why not just take three months of a dance job? No, you didn't for a second. For a second. Like, yeah. No, okay. you always do. Yeah, okay. you do. Once I hung up the phone, I was like, what the heck did I just do? <laughs> I said, okay, now all I thought was not so much put so much energy into the no, but think about the yes that I chose, which is to become a choreographer. And that's when I started working more and more on that and really branding myself and really getting myself out there and really sending emails out to producers and directors and really trying to make a name for myself. I had to work that much harder in that space. Mm. I always say, remember, if you don't want to work a nine to five, be prepared to work 24 Mm seven. And that's what you got to do. You got to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, nonstop in order for you to fulfill that purpose. And that's what I had to do in order to, you know, take myself because it's very difficult to move in from, I mean, move to the next level and be respected. 
and then one of the things that I wanted to do and you know to earn that respect was to dance as much as I possibly can and be that dancer where I'm recognized, you know, oh that's Chuck the dance for Missy and you know and J Lo and whoever, you know, whatever, and um, Usher and Chris Brown and so on. And then that way now the dancers see me move to the next level. They're like, oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. He's already done all this. So it makes sense that he would move into the next space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for new choreographers out here in LA? This is actually specifically asked from Facebook, from someone who listens to the podcast. Yeah, a- any advice? Tips for new choreographers in LA. Some of you may not take this advice. <laughs> Because there's a lot of choreographers, a lot of people out there that call themselves choreographers, creative directors, and they've never even danced. My advice is to dance, to get those jobs out there and really get as much training as you possibly can and mm-hmm. learn from these people, these, these people who have actually put in the work. It's kind of like saying, how can I be a CEO of a, corp- a corporation if I never was a subordinate or a worker? Mm-hmm. You've got to work your way up. And those are the people that really, really stay and last a very long time. Now, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying it's a little bit harder when you just go from, I went to one audition, I didn't make it, now I'm a choreographer, I'm posting stuff on YouTube, and I'm getting thousands and hundreds and maybe millions of views but you're calling yourself a choreographer, but you've never danced. So my advice to those dancers, those people who want to become choreographers is dance, find a choreographer that is working and ask them if you can train under them and see if they could bring you, even if you have to do it for free, learn. Like maybe they can take you on set. Maybe they can, it, maybe, maybe, it might be a commercial, a video, an award show. It might be a movie, but they'll bring you on so you can see how they work, see how cameras work. See how they communicate with producers and directors. See how they act in at meetings. There's so many different things. There's a lot of times as a choreographer, like I can easily say, Glee's my assistant, I'm bringing you into a meeting because I'm choreographing for, for So You Think You Could Dance and you're gonna assist me on this particular job. You may not even be really assisting me, but they don't know that. You, you just come with me to the meeting so that way you can see what, what does Nigel talk about or what do, what do they, you know, what is the, the process? And that's how you learn. I'm not paying you, but you wanted to learn. That's it's that's payment. It is payment in a different way, exactly. Yeah. But th- that's another thing that you know these young choreographers that they, they can do. They can actually ask some of these choreographers, and you'd be surprised how many people. Really? Yes, especially if you're really good and close with them, you know, or you've danced under them for so long, mm-hmm. you know, how many people say, yeah, you know, we're just just coming to watch. It's not going to cost them anything, you know. Um, so that's another way. And, um, and then, I mean, the only other way, that, and it, this is a little bit harder, is like to really go online or, or really do your research and researching like producers and directors and casting people that actually cast choreographers. You know, find out what casting agency hires a lot of uh, dance choreographers or what producers or directors do a lot of dance videos or, you know, commercials and, and just submit your stuff. You know, with a with a cover letter, your you know, link to your reel, a picture of yourself, and and then another thing that they can do is go to their agents and express, you know, um, their purpose or what they want to do. You know, they can talk to them and say, "Hey, I want to really be a choreographer." Because a lot of times you may be afraid to approach these choreographers. So what you can do is go to your agent, and your agent have really good relationships with the choreographers, and they can say, "Well, let me just call Rich and Tone and see." 
you know, I know they're working on a commercial next week. Maybe they wouldn't mind if you just hang around so you can just see how they work. You That's know? so smart. Charlie. Yeah. That is so smart. Yeah. It's exciting. It's so smart. <laughs> so you get hired for Stomp the Yard. Mm-hmm. What was, that was your first film choreography job? Yes, it was. What was that like? Like, how did you prepare yourself having not done that as choreographer? Mm-hmm. I've already choreographed before. I just never had choreographed a movie. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, was, it was like learning on the job kind of thing. But I was so passionate about... The first thing that I did was read, I read the script. And it was very dear to me because I graduated from an HBCU. For those of you who don't know what an HBCU is, it's a historically black college and university. I graduated from North Carolina A&T State University. And, and this movie was based around an HBCU, which was called Truth University. So I felt like it was borderline after reading the script, my life, mm-hmm. you know? So once I went through that whole process of reading the script, then I went through the next process, which was I started at the time I didn't have enough information. So I had to go online mm-hmm. and research different movies and things. I went to all the step shows. There were step shows all over the country. I flew myself to North Carolina. I went to Alabama. I went to Atlanta, Georgia. I went to Florida and just started watching all the collegiate step shows. And I went online and watched shows. I asked people, you know, what was, what, you know, what is the format nowadays? I mean, I went, I also pledged a black fraternity, which is Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. So I already knew the life. But then again, this is was this is like 10, 15 years later, things change. Yeah. So I need to make sure that I'm, you know, everything is I'm relevant now. How can I take this to the next level? And one of the things that I wanted to do was combine hip hop, a little bit more dance, into the step. And I worked my butt off 24-7 every single day, nonstop. I slept an average of four to five hours for three months until that movie was completed. I'm not even exaggerating. I wish that I was, but that would, that's what it took for me to do that particular movie in order for, because it was a huge deal. You know, it was a 16 point something million dollar budget movie. It was the first of its kind and they wanted to make sure that it was successful. And I had my hands on everything from the colors that the fraternities wore to the names of the guys, you know, as far as like, you know, their line names, their numbers, a pledging process, you know, um, even like some of the scripting, the writing, like when they say, okay, should we say this or is this more authentic? You know, because you went to a black college, you pledge a black fraternity. Well, how would they say it? You know, all of that. So the whole consulting. Oh, yeah, consulting, the whole process. Like I was totally in it 100% with wardrobe, with makeup, with hair, you know, everything just in it. Not, wow. I was really, I, I love the process. And that's what, that's when I realized that film and TV was like my passion. Mm. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's nobody knows, nobody would know what it actually takes and what you actually went through in that process. Oh no, it's, yeah, no one, they just see the, the outcome. Right. They're like, oh, stomp the art. <laughs> By the way, it was called... Oh God, I forgot the name. I have it in my office right now because I still have, I still have the the working name. I think it was called Oh Step Show. Okay. The original name of the movie was called Step Show. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I still have my little thing because it was right on my um, my little room in, in Atlanta. Said Chuck Maldonado choreographer Step Show. 
and I got it matted and framed and it's in my office today. Oh my god, that was such a fun movie to watch. I remember seeing it when it came out in theaters, being really excited about it. It was cool because it was like a dance film, but it had a different angle to it and just the intensity and the soul of it. I remember the that battle scene with Columbus Short. Uh-huh. And he likes, like, you know, making fun of everybody and taking on different styles. I oh, was yeah. Hyped. I was probably yelling in that theater. Yeah. <laughs> it, and let me tell you, I, it's probably one of my favorite movies that I choreographed. Mm-hmm. Or, or, I, I feel so blessed to have been a part of it. And next year, 2017, we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary. Oh it's been 10 years that that movie's been out. Wow, I'm such a marker. Yeah. What do you see common in those who quote-unquote make it out here? So let's say we can define it differently, but are doing, you know, getting top jobs consistently. What do you see It's common for them? The ones that are, that are actually succeeding yeah. in the industry? Uh, first of all, I see it's the drive. They, mm-hmm. they don't quit. They're working 24-7. It's that drive. That, that they are understanding their purpose. And I see. I keep talking about purpose because some people understand, some people don't. Mm-hmm. And those people under have a clear understanding of why they are on earth. Okay, so it's that drive. That's number one. Number two is that they train non-stop with everybody. You know, they just don't pick and choose. They go everywhere. I see them. You can see how they go from this class to that class, from, you know, movement lifestyle to the millennium to Debbie Reynolds. I mean, they're just gone. Mm -hmm. And another thing is that their networking ability, they network very well. They they know how to deal with people. Mm. And a lot of them are good people. I'm going to say all of them are. Don't mis- I don't want nobody to misunderstand because there's some people that are working that, that are not very friendly or very nice to be around. But most of them are very cool people to be around, you know, and you have to be light so that people can hire you. Yeah, so you have that, 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 have that common bond or saying that they have that same thing, same energy they bring into the room that I'm like, I like her or I like him, he's cool, you know, that thing. To me, those are the three top things. You know, of course, I could sit here and say, oh, they're amazing dancers. They're great. But There's so many. But everybody's amazing here. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't even say. I mean, that's just my opinion of what amazing is. You know, somebody else, they might not be as amazing, you know. But, again, to me, what makes you amazing is you. Who are you? You as a person. You know, and um, the way you work, the way you work, a lot of them are always on time. You know, they have good resumes, good pictures. You know, they communicate with their agents, you know, because that's a relation, that's another relationship. Because if I was an agent and you always came to me and you called me, whatever, and here Fatima calls me and she says, Chuck, I need um, just four girls because I have a relationship with you already. Oh, yeah, I have four really great girls, da da da, and Glee. And then it's like, it's like, it's an automatic booking for you. So, you know, those dancers also, they have really good community, they, they communicate very well and they have good relationships with their agents as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else that you like seeing in dancers that like when they're on a job, you're like, oh, I'm going to hire them again. What are the things that have them stick out? When they're on time. On time. When they're full out every single moment mm-hmm. and not marking it. When they're kind to others and they get along with everybody, not you know they're not just about them. Mm-hmm. You know, just having respect on the job and, and understanding that you know this is your job. Don't bring other people there. If you work, if you work, that happens. Oh, 
No, I'm serious. Uh, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me go there, please. Yes, people bring their boyfriends, their girlfriends, their significant others, <laughs> their animals. I'm like, really? So yes. on the flip side, like, is there anything that gray area that you think dancers just don't understand that can get them fired that you'd like to share? Everything that I just talked yeah. about, the do's and don'ts, do the do's and don't do the don'ts. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring your boyfriend and girlfriend to rehearsal. Don't bring them on set. Don't even ask the choreographer if you can bring somebody on set. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Even if the choreographer is the nicest person in the world, don't bring your baby <laughs> don't 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 tell me Chuck. the babysitting that week. I'm telling you, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. Because I think of it like compared to a job. If you're like at an office, like you're not going to bring your significant other to work that day. Okay. Glee. What? I'm mad. I want to be a fly on the wall. You don't even know. Wait, I'm like. Those things will make me not want to hire you and not want to work with you again. Mm -hmm. Also having an attitude or always being bitter or coming in with, coming in with a bad energy or not, um, not liking to be corrected. There's a lot of dancers that don't like to be corrected. And when you give them uh, constructive criticism and feedback and telling them what to do, they give you like this. That's what I was doing. Oh, no. You were? <laughs> that will make me never want to hire you again. So there's a lot of those. And believe me, there's a lot. You more than what you more than what you think. Yeah, I can't imagine because it's like I um I'm not saying I'm like I'm not ever saying I'm perfect or anything. But at the very least, I remember um in class and not even a job in class. If the teacher didn't correct me, I'd be like, wow, I'm not giving enough for them to correct me. It was mm -hmm. like an honor to be corrected seriously yeah it means they cared and it means you could get better yeah that means they like you that means they want you to be better that's right and yeah. that's how i always saw it but some people see it as he's always picking on me oh wow why am i the one he was messing up too i would look at myself yeah that's well people look at others they're like well how come he's not telling him he's messing he's messing up too because he's not messing up and they've said that and rehearse i say stop messing up you you need to be here well he's messing up too Oh, I'm no. like, really? Are we talking about him or you? Don't talk back. Yeah. Okay, well, my next question was, has the work ethic changed for dancers over the years? Yeah. And so how, can you elaborate on that and why do you think that is? Well, the work, the work environment should be the same. Mm -hmm. That hasn't changed. Has, what changes is the people when they walk in there. Because... Some of these people, just because they got 140,000 followers on Instagram, think that they are the star. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you know, they think that, they, that we're supposed to be like kneeling down to them a lot of times. So it's the, it's the attitude. It's the new vibe. It's, it's the new wave. I don't know what it is. I can't even explain. But whatever it is, that's changed. But as far as you know, how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to come in and what you're supposed to do, that's still the same. Come in on time. Listen to the, listen to the, uh, listen to the choreographer. <laughs> do the job and leave. Yeah. That's all the same. It's not, it's not science. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy. Is there anything that you um, are seeing in the new generation that you appreciate that you're like, wow? Well, you know, I appreciate anybody who works hard. I appreciate yeah. anybody who comes in and want to just work their butts off like I appreciate them 
I don't care if you're new, old, or whatever. And to be clear in the way I phrase that, I didn't mean that you don't appreciate them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 but I do appreciate anyone who's on time, yeah. and everyone who's like doing what they're supposed to do. That's all. My main thing is just come in, not complain. Don't complain about wardrobe, your makeup, the hairstyle they put you in. So what? Just do it. Mm-hmm. What's something that you think is misunderstood about you or a quality that people don't know about? <laughs> <laughs> That's misunderstood? I don't know. I'm pretty much so an open book. You are. Yeah, I don't think there's any misunderstandings. Um, the only thing is that, you know, people who don't really know me, when they meet me, what they do say is that you're a lot nicer than what I thought you were going to be because just by looking at your pitch, they judge me on my pictures, they judge mm -hmm. me on the work that I've done. So they already in their mind have created this person and this person that they created is someone who is distant, someone who is not friendly, someone who is not warm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a misconception, but that that gets nipped in the bud very quickly once they meet me. You're like, you're one of the nicest people. Oh, thank you. So nice. Sometimes it's funny, like in class, also sometimes you know they're all you never know who's gonna walk in the door, mm -hmm. and you're always nice no matter what type of characters are in class. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be nice, guys. Yeah. Can you speak on a failure and how you grew from it? And I'm using failure loosely, but like something that didn't go as planned or... It, I don't believe in failure because every mm. failure is, I think, is a stepping stone mm -hmm. for your success. Mm. For me. Mm -hmm. Everything that I've ever so-called what people call failed in helped me to be a better me. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily, again, call them failure. Just say, you know, maybe there were situations where, you know, I didn't take the note as far as the style of dance that they were really wanting mm -hmm. you know as seriously I, I wanted in other words I wanted to make it better and show them that what their idea was is not good enough but mine is better mm -hmm. and then when it when I created it, it it became a mess for them because that's not what they wanted to see so you know but that was a learning experience so now regardless of what it is that they want, if they want us to walk like ducks across this, you know, the, uh, the camera, then I'm going to be the best duck I can be. <laughs> yeah. You know, regardless of what other people may say. Because I always wanted other dancers and other choreographers to be like, wow, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Who choreographed that? You know, but now it's kind of like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I really don't care. The older I get, the less I care about what people think about me. Mm. And I just don't care anymore. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one that have to pay my bills. I'm the one that have to deal with me. And um, as long as I'm happy with what I produced, then that's all that matters. I really like that. And also that the like failure doesn't exist. It's just a perspective. No, it doesn't. There's no such thing as failure. Yeah. It's learning experiences. That's what they are. They're really just learning experiences mm. to make you better. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Do you have a daily routine? Yes. Ooh, can I hear it? I wake up in the morning. I have my herbal life. That's my first because I, I believe in health and fitness. Mm -hmm. I'm a vegan. You know, I want everything. I want my body because my body is my temple. Mm -hmm. I meditate while I'm having my, my tea, my herbal life tea. And I concentrate and start thinking about what it is that I'm going to do today. From there, I go to the gym because I have to work out something no matter what because that's what's going to give me my energy. I work out. Once I work out, I come back to the house, take a shower, 
and then I go to my job, whatever that is for that day, whether it be you know on a set or in a studio or whatever. If I don't have a job that particular day, I start to create jobs. I walk into my office, and then I start to email producers and directors and my agent and people to say, hey, what's happening, what's going on? Or I would start branding myself, and maybe I'll put out my a link to my choreography reel so people can see it, whether it be on social media, you know, wherever. Mm-hmm. So I'm always constantly working on something. You know, I always say when things get slow, that's when you need to move faster. Mm-hmm. And I start to yep. move even faster because, you know, I want to keep working because just like if, guys, I don't care who you are. I don't. I know that, you know, most of us. I say we work pretty. You know, we work a lot, but every single day is a grind for us. Every single day we're thinking about tomorrow because to you know like right like for example right now, you know my job, for next week I don't have one, so I'm already thinking about next week. So I'm already grinding and already, you know, emailing and trying to figure that out already. And that's why I'm here. Because I'm hoping somebody's listening to this and they're going to hire me, a producer, a director, or someone who wants to, you know, maybe um, co-choreograph with me. You never know. You know, I'm always open, guys. I seriously am. I'm always open to, you know, working with uh, a lot of people. And um, I want to do that because I want to be the best me I can be. I love that. Yeah. And the working with others. Yeah, I love working with others. Oh my God. I really do. I really do. Because it's not about me. Mm-hmm. You know, life is not always, it's not about me. It's about, you know, what what's, you know, the purpose, the, the this, you know, all of like you. Yeah. Like this. For yeah. me, when you asked me to do this, it wasn't about me. I already knew, right, that this was bigger than me. This was something else. And that's why I had to say yes. Thank you. Yeah. Like, really, thank you. Yeah. It's um, interesting from my perspective. First of all, I was like, yeah. You know, because I've been thinking about it for a while, and I was like, the time has to be a little bit, you know, it has to be right. They're, like, asking in person if I can. Mm-hmm. But I think it speaks volumes. Like, you're so down for it. You're so easy to communicate with, and you're so on top of it. And that's always, like, an interesting thing that I'm learning about from others, seeing what people have accomplished and then seeing how they communicate for something that they're not getting paid for, that's not for themselves. Yeah. You're on point. And I'm yeah. not, like, I was like, yes, professional. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah you got to be professional. That's another characteristic that a lot of those dancers have to their professionals. Yeah. You have to be. That's important. And with all, even with the working choreographers that are out there, sometimes you wonder, why is that choreographer working so much? It's not about their steps. It's about their professionalism. And they know how to brand themselves, and they know how to communicate, and they know about business. They're business people. It shows up yeah. in the little things. I don't even know if they're little things anymore, but it yeah. shows up in the little things because I'm seeing all a diversity of people that have succeeded in different ways and at different ages. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they all have that in common that they're impeccable with their word. Right. Oh, and it's yeah. like the way that they treat the little things. It's not little. I'm so curious. What time do you wake up in the morning? 7.50. 7.50. Yeah, that's my time. Right, Always right before 8, I wake up. Not unless I have to wake up early because I have to do, you know, be on set early in the morning or mm-hmm. something. But by 7.50, I'm already, my eyes are open. I'm like, okay. So the first thing that I do is I thank God for another day of purpose. Mm. That's my first Gratitude. thing. Gratitude. Yes. Uh, I think being grateful for what you have is only it's going to only open doors for you and that's another thing I want to talk to talk mm-hmm. to you about is about Please. gratitude dancers you have to be grateful for what you have it's very hard to bless someone 
who is not happy with what they already have today. Mm. You have to be. It's kind of like if I gave you a present and you weren't grateful for it, you just like, look, whatever, threw it to the side, do you think I'm going to ever gift you again? The chances of me gifting you are pretty slim to none. But that's how God works. You have to be grateful. So what I do is I have a gratitude book, and I write in my gratitude book every day. So I write the things that I, small things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for a house. I'm grateful that I have a car. I'm grateful that I have a clean bed. I'm grateful for a washing machine. I'm grateful for so many little small things, clean sheets, just small, I have water. You know how many people don't have water? A lot of you don't have clean water. I'm grateful for so many things and I write those things down every single day. I'm grateful for this person in my life. I'm grateful for my agency. You know, there's a lot of things. Everybody has their own thing. You write those down and you look at it and then you go on about your day. I do that every day, every day. Or I do it at night. So it's called my gratitude book. Mm -hmm. And what's so funny is that Oprah gave me the book. Wait. Okay. So, please. yeah, I got to meet Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, please, love, yes. So, two years ago, Oprah did a tour around the country. She only did around six cities or seven. I couldn't remember how many. But anyway, anyway, it was a tour about bringing people into their purpose. And she had like a Yana on. She had all her trailblazers there. So, I was very blessed because that particular year, a friend of mine decided to buy us tickets to it. But not only ordinary tickets. This person got us tickets, VIP tickets, to meet Oprah, to be in her space, have lunch with her, spend two days with her, go to all the seminars. You I mean, the whole. With Oprah? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I got proof of it, y'all, on my phone. <laughs> so, so, in that space, she gave everybody as a gift. It was a gratitude little small book. And she mm -hmm. said, Guys, every day, be grateful for what you have. And just write down. She says, She writes little stuff that, like, clean sheets and I have a pillow you know things that you would never think a billionaire would ever say because why is a billionaire grateful that she has clean sheets this girl could buy the uh, the clean she, she could buy the company the sheet company mm -hmm. you know but she's grateful for all these little small things and that's how I started my gratitude book because Oprah gave me the book and I still have it and every day I still write in it every day one page I do at least a page at least one page of things, which is usually around 10 to 15 things of things nice. that I can think of. I've yeah. heard it, it's also a huge key in happiness, being grateful. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's also the highest level you can get in, in as far as the space. When, when, you're, that, when you're in that space, you're, that energy's, um, if you're sharing the energy of gratitude, mm -hmm. oh my God, things just start to, blessings, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. If you could give like three other takeaways from your time with Oprah on those days from her being, something she said. One of the things I said, she said, you're more than enough. Why is that so tough? <laughs> so tough. People don't understand that. Yeah. And she said that to me. She said, she said, you're more than enough. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't think that you're not good enough, that you're, that you need more. You, you were made perfectly and you're more than enough. That's one. Number two. You matter. If you ever wonder if anybody cares or if, if you're just here by accident, you're not. You matter. The simple fact that you are breathing, that you are alive, means that you matter. To God, to a lot of people, and you're here. And the last thing, of course, that I've been preaching through the whole thing is that 
you were born here for a reason. And if you don't know what that is, what that purpose is in life, it is your responsibility to find out what it is. And those are the three things that I learned from her. Beautiful. Yeah. How do you discern knowing your worth and when it comes to business? I keep on, no matter what I'm doing, I come against it. So as a dancer, you know, which job do I take, a choreographer, a teacher? How do you discern this? When you say worth, are you referring to the money that you're getting paid for? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think that everybody has their own worth. Mm-hmm. You know, my worth is different from your worth, and your worth is different from, you know, somebody else's worth. So you have to, first of all, determine what that worth is mm-hmm. for you. Now, worth doesn't always have to be money, meaning this. I'm going to give you a perfect example. If someone offers you a tour with a new artist and they're paying you $2,000 a week, okay? But you get a phone call the next day to go on tour with Janet Jackson for only $1,000 a week. Now, now you have to, yes, you're going to get paid more money with the new artist, but now you have to understand what, what's going to be, what's, what's worth to me? Meaning, is it worth me going on tour with Janet and getting that name? Or is it worth more me having more money in my, in my bank? So your worth might be different. So for me, for example, I would choreograph Janet Jackson's tour for $2.15 than to do something else for someone that, you know, maybe not as, as relevant for me in my mind. And, and guys, this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know nobody. There's like, no answer. There's yeah, no one answer. Yeah. So everybody has their own worth. And then. Only because I know that maybe that Janet job or maybe that movie or maybe that commercial, maybe working with that with Steven Spielberg or whoever mm-hmm. is going to be worth more to me in the long run because I know that that can help me book other jobs knowing that I can put that on my reel. Mm-hmm. So that's how I determine my worth. I balance things out. Now, what you're talking about is when someone offers you a job and you feel like you got below the rate, mm-hmm. what do you do? Now, that's up to you. But I always say this, dancers, if you get a job and someone offers you, let's say, low end is like $600, $700 a week to do something, right? That's a, lot of, that's a little bit of money for a lot of work. And then you balance out, okay, either I could be working at McDonald's, making $250, $300, dollars at the most a week and busting my butt, or I could be dancing for $750 or whatever it is then what do you rather do? Or would you rather be at home doing nothing, making nothing, or making that money? So you see, see everybody's financial situation is different. Mm-hmm. So you have to determine that. Now, if you're gonna be playing, if you're gonna play hardball, meaning that you're gonna, you know, you're in demand now. So now you're saying someone's offering you 750, then if you're worth 2,000 a week, then you have to say no to that job. And you have to stand by that, you have to live in your truth the whole Time and not complain about it, not look back at it, and not say, "Dang, I ain't, I ain't got nothing this week. I missed out on a job for seven fifty, and now I made zero this." But you stood in your truth, and you stood, and you believed in what you was worth. So that's when you have to. Those are just things that you have to make. Everybody's different. I can't, you know, tell you what yours is, but it's about standing in that. I like that. Yeah, you have to stand in that and you have to believe and you have to move. Like I did when I said, no, I'm not doing that dad job as a dancer. And even though the money was great and it was consistent for three months, I had to say no to that because I knew that my worth was more than that. Not because I believed that I was better than anybody else, but I believed that I needed to be a choreographer. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I did because I made way more money at the yeah. end of the day. 
if yeah. I say no to that. You? So, you got to say no, guys, if you believe that you're being, you know. And then it sounds like really knowing it for yourself because other people can't necessarily see it for no. you. No, and, and I don't care. I don't care if it's the agency. I don't care if it's your manager. I don't care if it's your roommate, your boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> you got to determine that for yourself. You have to sit down. You have to write that down. Create a vision board for yourself and say, I am worth this. And then when, then when you feel like you're worth more, then you take yourself to the next level. You just keep gradually. But be realistic. Don't say you're worth $5 billion a week <laughs> and then start saying no to every time. You're going to be broke. Damn. Can you tell us about the convention you created? Yes, thank you for asking that of because course. I want everybody to know. I created a dance convention called Elements Dance Convention. And I created it because I wanted to bring quality, working, industry choreographers to other cities and I wanted to share their knowledge through dance and past experiences and job experiences and it's only because I found myself complaining to myself y'all <laughs> about the people that were teaching our youth and people mm -hmm. that were out there teaching and just because they created you know a brand for themselves you know, they start teaching but have never choreographed. I had a problem with that. Of course, I'm cool now, guys. Don't beat me up. But, you know, I decided to do something about it. And that's why I, I bring working choreographers like Dave Scott and wow. Jamal Sims and Jaquel. And I had like Luam and Rhapsody and Luther Brown and... You know, I want that lineup. Yeah, it's uh, it's They're just lucky. We it's, don't even get that in LA. That's like, right. And, and yeah, and, and I wanted to make it affordable. Mm. I wanted to make it affordable. And early bird specials like only one twenty five. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and they get a whole weekend of classes, seven to eight classes, for what, which is like literally under sixteen dollars. You guys, not like for, I want like I want to take this. I'm happy yeah. for everyone who gets to do this, but like a little bit bitter because I want to do that. It's amazing. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> we're, we're thinking about doing our next city in March mm -hmm. of 2017, and we're looking at Atlanta, Georgia now. We've already done three major um, conventions in one year, wow. and we did uh, three pop-up workshops because what we do is we do a pop-up workshop just to test the waters mm -hmm. to see how people in that area like, you know, uh, if they're receptive to it or not and then if they are then we do the big one and that's when I bring like, uh, like seven or eight big choreographers and I'll fly them from LA to the city and um, we do a whole weekend of you know fun dance and again it's to educate these dancers and to give them life experiences because that's what they really need it's, it's more than just steps the steps are cool guys you know I'm not hating on that you should have good steps as well but you know you need to know you know, uh, the process, you need to understand what it feels like to be on set, you know, from someone who's actually put in the work. And instead of, again, instead of me complaining about who was teaching, I did something about it. And that's why Elements Dance Convention, um, that's how it came about. That's how I birthed <laughs> yes. that. So that's another part of my, you know, I call my empire. Uh, you know, uh, my company, uh, Chuck Malden Audio Entertainment, that's just a leg, one of us a leg in my company. So for that, like, what have you learned wearing the hat of someone who creates, directs a convention? Mm -hmm. um, 
because I know like from I've heard teachers you know give their perspective but what's your perspective just oh it's a different like what do people have no idea about that you have to do as somebody who creates a convention and runs Um, it it, it, it's a lot different um, because everything is political, but this is even more political. Like you're dealing with studios now and studio, you know, um, getting them to come to your convention is just different from, you know, you just being a choreographer, just getting on a plane and just teaching at a convention. You don't see all the behind the scenes stuff. Everything from getting the right size stage to the right lighting, mm. the right music guy. I never would think of that. Oh my God, uh, merchandising. Now I'm thinking about merchandising. What are we going to sell? We're thinking about concession stand. What kind of foods do the kids want to eat and what's going to sell? You know, I'm communicating with Dance Mogul Magazine, which is now a sponsor of ours, who mm. come to every single convention. And Dance Mogul Magazine, they come out there and they interview all the choreographers. And then I'm dealing with massage therapists because I want all my choreographers that come in and get a massage. You know, there's things that I, I never thought about before. I wanted to take all of my past experiences and I took one or two great things that I that I that I went that I, I was blessed to be a part of and just make it all one big blessing for all for all of us. Not only for the dancers but also for the choreographers, for my staff. You know, I have to think about hiring the right people that are gonna be kid friendly, that are gonna be good to these kids, uh, to these parents. I mean it's it's a lot of work. And I'm um, getting the venue, figuring out, you know, is it thinking about the parking? Is it enough parking space? Something that I never I thought never about. Would think of that. Yeah. Oh, just oh my God, you you need to know. That's just I'm just touching on small stuff, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of other things. And then and then on top of that, you know, the budget and the money that you have to put up up front to create this and hope that you at least break even, at least get your money back. You know, and I've been very blessed because not only did we make our money back, but we also okay. make profits on every one of the conventions. Wow. Which, lead, which, which makes me believe that, you know, that I was supposed to do this. It was, it was supposed to happen. And um, I'm just, I'm very happy. I'm very happy for it. Now, again, I'm telling you, we're doing another one coming up. We just did one in October in Charlotte, North Carolina. So we're doing one in Atlanta, Georgia in March. And then thick in the end of January, we're going to go to um, to Atlanta to do a pop-up workshop there just to test the waters. Dope. Just to see how... I've never been to Atlanta. Yeah, let me tell you. Look, not to jump the gun, guys, but I want to, like, you know, there's a lot, there's quite a few people that I want to ask, you know. Um, no, I'm not going to say the names because just in case they tell me no, but, <laughs> but let me tell you, all the choreographers that I've asked have been very supportive and they all have said yes. I mean, mm-hmm. all of them. They tried their best to make it work. And when it doesn't work... You know, because they have a job or something, yeah. they they're always oh please think about me on the next one. Yeah, so the choreographers are very supportive. And you have a special rapport with them also. Oh yeah, I have a special <laughs> rapport with them. Of course, I mean yeah, that's the best part. I can just call them and say hey, you want to do this? <laughs> what are the other legs of Czech Maldonado Entertainment? Producing. Producing. I have now four shows that I'm pitching. Oh great. Yeah, so I'm going into producing. Is this all dance genre or? They all have dance elements in it, yes. Really cool. Yeah, one of them is in animation. One of them is in TV reality competition. You know, just to name two out of the four. I don't want to go into all of them. The others are top secret. Yeah. Well, they're not top secret, but, you know, I don't want to go into, I just, I'm going to let, hopefully, it will. They will be birthed some kind of way. Whether it be now, whether it be five years from now, you know, that's a whole different Mm-hmm. A whole different thing. The producing is completely different from choreographing. And then another thing is directing. I've, I've been blessed this year. I was able to 
direct a couple of music videos as a director. So that's another leg. So I'm starting to like the producing and the directing part of this industry. So um, I pray that hopefully I can you know move into that space really soon. Is there anything from, and congratulations. Thank you. Is there anything when you directed the videos that you learned that you'd like to communicate to choreographers and dancers? Because we see like one side of it mm -hmm. a lot of time. And then when you step into the next pair of shoes, it's like, oh my God, you know, mm -hmm. they have no idea what's going on on my end. Yeah, um, that it's never what you really want. It's always what, you know, the, you know, the, the artist, manager just so many the, you, you're involved with a lot of people mm -hmm. when you're when you're at that level you're talking to record labels you're talking to managers you're talking to artists you, you know everybody has their vision and um, I mean you do the best that you know you present your treatment and and then you get the job and then they wind up just doing whatever they want to do you know not not everything I mean but there's a lot of changes you, you have to be flexible mm -hmm. so if I had to give any advice for any choreographer that's moving into you know, whether it be producing or directing, is be flexible and understand that it's going to be okay. It's going to mm -hmm. be okay. Last three questions. You ready? Yes. All right. <laughs> Number one, anything that we haven't brought up that you wanted to talk about or promote? Um, I don't have anything else to promote besides just making sure that if you find out about Element Stance Convention, mm -hmm. I really want more people to come out. Though we've had great turnouts, I think that it's um it's a great way to train and really get feedback from these people who are really really putting in the work in mm -hmm. this industry. Plus, you never know they can hire you. That's um that's number one. Mm -hmm. That's 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 uh, the most for right for right now. That's the most important thing for me because I really want to educate these young dancers. I really want to help them get to their next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You spoke about purpose a lot today. Yeah. And knowing your purpose. Mm -hmm. For the listener who's like, but I still don't know mine. Do you have any pieces of advice of how to listen for it? Or like, how mm -hmm. do you know? Because sometimes it's not so clear. Yeah. You have to always put yourself in a space. Of, you have to be in a space where it's quiet. That's number one. It's kind of like if I'm talking to you at a club, you know, he goes, huh? Yeah. What you, you can't hear me. If there's too much going on in your brain, too much noise and too much stuff going on, too, you know, you're in a space where there's a lot of people talking, you, cannot, you can never find your purpose there because you need to be, first of all, in a space of, you have to be still, okay? That's number one. Number two, try to find out what is it that you have a burning desire for, what in your heart, your heart never lies. It always tells you the truth. And if you look deep, if you really feel deep into your heart and say, okay, what is it that I'm really loving and liking? You know, some people say, you know, I like fashion. Or, you know, I like creating. Or I like baking. You know, and you don't even think that you can do it, but because you don't think about it, you just know that you love to bake. Maybe that's your purpose. You know, to have your own, you know, bake, well, bake shop or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. You know, or maybe it's that you love to paint. Or, you know, you'll, you'll know because you, people say they don't know, they're in denial. <laughs> they know what, they, what, what they're having a problem with is believing that they can achieve it. Because you know what you want to be. You know that you want to be that model, that actor, that director, that dancer, that choreographer, that whatever it is, that teacher. You know what you love to do. You know what you're good at. And whatever it is that you're good at and whatever it is that you want to do every single day that you will do for free 
is what your purpose is. Mm, but that's it. It's a hundred years from now, and you're chilling on a cloud, mm. right? What do you want to be remembered for in the dance community? That I cared. Mm. That I really cared. I really did care about everybody in the dance community. I just cared about people. Um, I want everybody. I want everybody to to say that. He always knew that it wasn't about him, it was about him coming here and making a difference in others, in other people's lives. And I, and I really feel that, I really feel that I was born to help people find their purpose, achieve it, and, um, and, and, and help them be the best them they can be. And I always want people to say, you know, he always cared. He really did. Yeah. That's who you are for sure. Yeah. I want to thank you and acknowledge you for really everything that it took to be here today fully. Time is the most valuable thing or one of the most valuable things that we have, so I don't take it lightly when you spend your time here. Thank you for having me. For sure. And seriously, like really my pleasure. And for who you are, because I, you know, being out here and going through ups and downs, you always, like, I was so surprised, and I'm sitting here, and I'm realizing, you know, I remember when my dad passed. You, you said to me, I'm just so sorry that happened, and I almost couldn't receive it because I couldn't believe that someone cared that, like, didn't have to. Yeah. And I'm here, and I'm kind of, like, receiving that care from back then, right now, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm like, wow, like, he really cares. Yeah. And, you know, being out here pursuing dreams, we don't anyone who's out here we don't get that that's that's such a gift so thank you for being that well thank you thank yeah. you for saying that. <laughs> that's what i want to leave behind hey guys thank you so much for listening to our dance speak podcast for inquiries suggestions comments on your favorite guests or who you'd like to see on the show please email us at dance at gmail.com that's d-a-n-c-e-s-e-e-a-k T at gmail.com and check back in next week for our latest interview. Thank you so much.